the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. As we head into Hour 2, we do so every Friday with uh, one of the great, um, if not the greatest, uh, political consultant in the country, George Kaloff. We are delighted he is based here in Phoenix. He is the head of the Resolute Group and also the president of Data Orbital. Uh, George, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? to be on with you, Seth. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine. Thank you. We haven't talked in a, in a couple weeks. Let me pick up with you uh, on a question we addressed last time you were with us, um, and that's momentum, momentum for the midterms going in with the Republican candidates. Um, has it slowed uh, since when we last talked? Is it stable? Is it looking better for Democrats than it did a fortnight ago? How's it looking right now, generally? Sure. No, it's, I've spent actually a lot of time in the last handful of weeks talking about this. The month of August was not great for the momentum that Republicans had for the most of the summer. And frankly, for most of the last year since the prior August when uh, you know Joe Biden had that failed withdrawal out of Afghanistan. Uh-huh. And since then, the momentum has been in the Republicans' favor and all, you know, all the things that are regurgitating them now. In the month of August, there was a shift in the momentum. And not that now, all of a sudden, exclusively the wind is at the back of the Democrats. There's still a lot of issues that they have that we can unpack. But definitely the momentum on the Republican side has slowed, if not landed at a neutral spot. And that has caused some concern and or some red flags to come up with folks that I'm hearing from and talking to. And I'm sure listeners yeah. uh, have read about in commentary from across the country. Yeah. Is part of it, uh, at least in Arizona, is part of it because of the campaign ad wars? A lot of my callers, George, have been saying, you know, we see an awful lot of ads for Mark Kelly and Katie Hobbs, but not so much from uh, Ma- uh, Blake Masters or Carrie Lake. Um, what explains that? And is that part of the explanation to the first answer? Uh, part of it is that money has been spent early and often by Democrats. Mark Kelly right now has $25 million, for example, in the U.S. Senate race and has been up on TV as a campaign or with outside organizations spending on his behalf since last year. And okay. the Republicans, as we all know, had a very brutal primary. Right. Uh, and our primary in Arizona is in the very beginning of August. There's not a lot of time to pivot between August and essentially Labor Day, which is the traditional start of the general election, official start of the general election uh, political season. And so ad spend is a part of it. Voters in Arizona are hearing a lot more from Democrats than they're hearing from Republicans. From what you can hear publicly and conversations that I've been having, I can definitely tell folks the cavalry is coming. Mm. There is going to be a lot more evenness, if not lopsidedness in the spend in the latter parts, particularly in the governor's race, Good. Uh, based on public disclosure of what the Republican Governors Association has done and the Democratic Governors Association plans to do and so on and so forth. The other part of it, though, is the decision on the Dobbs issue and how uh, both sides have reacted and how the world has reacted to a major decision uh, that I know you and I care a lot about in overturning Roe versus Wade and how I believe, and I'll say it this way, how I believe the mainstream media and the left have portrayed the effects of the decision and they've portrayed them to voters that are in these suburban swing 
populations that you and I have spent a lot of time uh, talking about over the last number of months. Let, let me bookmark that and come back to it in a moment with you. Let me let me follow up on something interesting you said, um, because it is true. We saw an awful lot of our Republican candidates on TV and radio when they were in the primaries. Is is this an argument against our bloody primaries? Is this an argument uh, against the way Republicans uh, don't really settle on a single candidate the way the Democrats seem to in primary season? Is this the receipts? Is this the uh, dividend the Democrats get for Republicans beating up so much on each other, raising so much money to defeat one another before they go up against the Democrat? In a, in a way, but also I see a negative, and there's been years where the Democrats have been so silent and stagnant because of their lack of primaries that it's actually hurt them, and the momentum was strongly on the Republican side. Okay. The biggest argument, and I'm not sure that we're going to have a solution to it, unfortunately, though, is really the date of our primary. Okay. I mean, I think there's been long conversation. The primary date used to be the end of August. Right. They moved it up three weeks. Part of it is because of our summers and school schedules and different things. But, for example, if you're in Texas, they had bloody, atrocious primaries in Texas. But their primary was in March. Mm-hmm. The same thing with like a North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Well, you could bloody each other up a lot. It's an eternity from March until November. Yep. It's not that long from August until November. That is a bigger problem. I just don't know that we're going to do primaries any differently because, you know, we pride, we pride ourselves in individualism and, and plus we're the Wild West. And so there's a lot of individual minded cowboys, I'll say it that way, that want to run for public office on the Republican side. So. I, I do presume that I do presume that organizations outside organizations you had mentioned, like the RGA, which will be part of the cavalry coming in to help carry Lake. Um, I do presume on the local individual donor level, though, there must be an exhaust two problems with our primaries uh, beyond the date that you mentioned, one of them being. I think, an exhaustion in the donor base. Um, you know, they they kept getting appeals during the primaries. And then, you know, kind of hard maybe for some people who were so set on supporting one of the primary candidates or their primary candidates that may not have won, you know, now being turned around to ask to support someone who they were bitterly fighting against with really only two months to to get clear on the makeup, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that is definitely a part of it. Look, Arizona... A decade ago, we were not a swing state. Right. So we've been thrust into the limelight in the last number of cycles. There's a significant amount of things to fight. So while we're in the, you know, we're on the big boys and girls table, to use that metaphor, like a Florida or a Texas or an Ohio, we don't have a lot of the same money. I mean, there's a lot of money in Arizona, don't get me wrong. It's just not Texas and Florida Florida money. Ohio, right? Or Virginia. Virginia. And so we, we have continued to mature from a donation perspective. But the other hand, Seth, there is more money being spent in Arizona races and being raised from Arizona donors and engagement than I've probably seen in my entire career. Okay. And part of that is because people are realizing they have to step up. But you and I talk about this with certain races. Uh, there's a lot more road to, to go, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we need to continue growing as a state to be able to contend with the money coming in. Our biggest problem, frankly, is that Democrats have taken a liking to try to pick off people and things in Arizona and, and issues from California. And because of our very loose initiative and referendum laws, they spend a lot of money to knock some people around. You know, that's something that a lot of these other states don't have uh, in their state constitution. So that's another factor, too. We are sort of like an attraction point to yeah. national progressive money in particular coming in and trying to 
change our laws using ballot measures. Yeah, that's that's a big issue and worthy of its own interview, which we can do uh, one of these uh, one of these visits. George, let me let me go to that big bookmarked issue: the abortion issue, the Dobbs decision. Um, yes, this has gotten a huge assist. The Democratic Party has gotten a huge assist from the media on this, um, and it's kind of playing out in weird ways. I'm, I'm re- I've read two columns from liberals in respected or at least commercial outputs um, like The Washington Post and The New York Times um, saying, thank God we now have the culture war on our side. We are the new culture warriors. The Democrats, they're boasting about it. Uh, it was all the leverage you and I could find to get Republicans to wage culture <laughs> culture fights. Right? The Democrats are now taking on this mantle. Um, it's an odd. It's a, it's an odd thing, but I do get yeah. calls too, George, saying, "Why won't our Republican candidates speak more strongly on the common sense nature of this abortion thing?" Uh, yeah. Let me add one more part to it, if if you don't mind. Uh, I'm watching an ad with. Um, I guess it's Mark Kelly's forces beating up on Blake Masters' pro-life position. And, you know, it just triggered my memory. I do more history than current events. Um, You know, Barry Goldwater supported the Human Life Amendment in 1980. Blake Masters' position isn't any different than that. Um, In any event, I put that on the table for what it's worth. Times may have changed. Yeah, I mean, I want to, before I give sort of the encouragement to the pro-life movement into candidates, and frankly, I'm saying this to anyone who would care to listen to me. Uh, I want to frame it a, a little bit for, for the audience and okay, good. give that encouragement. Yeah. You know, this issue is a big deal, and we have known it's coming down the pike because there's an, uh, an entire movement uh, that people have been a part of for a lot longer than I've been uh, involved in politics and, uh, frankly, been alive. And so this is not a surprise that we have been working towards the return of the issue of abortion life to the states, right? right? That's the entire impetus of Roe versus Wade. There was actually a misunderstanding. There were individuals actually in the life movement that now we're hearing uh, pockets of places and people that understood the overturning of Roe to be the national ban on abortion. Right. And uh, frankly, that is what partly the media has made it out to be in a sense. We know, you and I know that that is not the case. There are still abortions happening across the country because all this means now that it's returning to the state. Right. Now with that, though, and I always tell people, while I am not a boxer, the little that I do know about boxing (laughs) is if you are going to get punched in boxing, what you do not want to do is lean away. Because if you're all off kilter and you lean away and someone lands a punch, you're going to fall over. Uh If you lean in and you take a punch and you put your hands up and you square up, you can take a punch and then give a punch. And so... To translate that metaphor to this issue, our folks are going to take punches on this. We are taking them every single day. What we cannot, under any circumstance, unless we want to lose, is to run away and pretend like we don't believe what we believe or allow the hits to go unanswered. Because then if you're an independent voter in a suburban part of Maricopa County, what are you going to think if someone's getting hit and the response is silent? What we need to be doing is doing what you said. There are two things that we know undoubtedly are unpopular positions of the left. And this is because there's no middle ground here that the left wants. They want late-term abortion, the vast majority groups, particularly groups like Planned Parenthood, and they do not want to provide and do not support providing life-saving care to children born alive after a botched abortion. Those two issues do not play well with Hispanics, do not play well with independent voters. They only play well with about 25 or 30 percent of the population, which was already going to vote for the Democrats anyways. 
That's a, such an important point. Hold that. That's a hugely important point. Hold that thought. Let me take a quick break and come back with you on the other side. I want to pick up on that. I'm Seth Leibson. He's George Kaloff. He is the head managing partner of the Resolute Group and president of Data Orbital, maybe opening a third organization, the Pugilist Group, the boxing metaphor. <laughs> we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. George Kaloff, the managing partner at the Resolute Group and the president of Data Orbital, is our guest. George, if you don't mind, reprise, repeat what you uh, said right before the break. I think that's important for the audience to understand about that rough 30 percent on the Democrats and the abortion issue, if you don't mind. Sure. No, it, it, it is an important issue. So it always bears repeating. I feel like I repeat it at least five times a day. <laughs> uh, but it, it is that important. Yeah, it good. is that important. Yeah. In the polling that we have seen and have access to and have analyzed from people across the country, the two issues that are a major problem with the vast majority of the electorate, about 70 percent, are abortions, late-term abortions. So abortions when a baby is very clearly fully formed, and no one can argue about that, whether or not they believe in the faith or science behind right. whether it is or isn't a baby. Right. And um, the lack of support for providing care for children born alive after an abortion that was unsuccessful, right? right. So it was late term, this, this baby is viable, they were born alive, and there's individuals that don't support in providing care. That is the official position, both of those, of Planned Parenthood. And thus, you would guess, any elected official that is endorsed by Planned Parenthood. That's right. In the polling that we have seen, only 30%, sometimes less, depending on the state and the subgroup, support that those two ideas. And those individuals are already people that are going to be voting for the Democrats. Right. I'm saying all this to say we have to, as Republicans, and even if you're not a Republican, as anyone who does not support those two things, and especially if you're in the pro-life movement, we need to highlight the extremism of the other side. If we give them ground, if we allow them basic marketing, if we allow them to frame the argument in the narrative in the way that they want, we will not win. We will not win in suburban-dominated places like in Arizona. When we push back when we take the fight to them, we are able to be successful and we're able to change the narrative. You know, one of the um, one of the important races you and I have probably not spent much time talking about, if my memory serves me right, I'd, I'd love to see if you agree with me on this, is the county attorney's race. You know, when we talk about not becoming San Francisco, not becoming Los Angeles, Chicago, Philadelphia, you get it, not Californianizing our Arizona it really is at the DA race or the county attorney race, as we call it here, yeah. isn't it, in, a, in, 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 in large measure? I mean, this is the crime and the quality of life office. And it's kind of interesting. If I'm right, if I'm right, it seems like not a lot of attention or not enough attention has been placed on that. Rachel Mitchell versus Julie Gunnigal. Gunnigal is as far left as any L.A. San Francisco prosecutor I've ever seen and, in fact, went along with that Planned Parenthood endorsement, which had to yes. call for defunding the police. Yes, yeah. Uh, arguably, Julie Gunnigal may be more progressive. And I know this is a bold statement because there's a lot of progressives running uh, this year in radicals more than any other uh, Democrat on the ballot this year, even maybe wow. more so than Chris Mays, wow. the attorney general. Wow. I mean, she has outwardly and expressly, and this is why I say that, they have the power of prosecution, or more importantly, to not prosecute. She yeah. has explicitly said, yep. no matter what the law is on a whole series of things, she will not prosecute. Like 
the two DAs, the one in San Francisco who got booted and the one in L.A. who missed it by a, a it looks like a petition technicality. Right. Um, she is making the laws up. Uh-huh. No matter what the legislative body says, as an attorney and as a prosecutor, she is taking discretion that does not exist and deciding, hey, I don't want to prosecute these things. It's an exceptionally important office. Rachel Mitchell, the Republican, has a storied career in the yep. county attorney's office and has brought a lot of alignment there over the last bit. Um, that is a critical race. But like you said, it is it is down ballot, even though, frankly, Maricopa County is is large and is bigger than some states around the country. It has not gotten a lot of attention and this to our detriment. Um, again, I, my hunch is that that somewhat changes as we turn the page past Labor Day. But we need to have a lot of focus because there is a lot of damage that could be done to our state and our cities in Maricopa County if Julie Gonegal is the county attorney and yeah. Rachel Mitchell is not successful in that election. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Do you have any sense of how that race is looking or is it too early to tell? I think it's too early to tell. I mean, no money's really being spent. We expect George Soros as he has the last number of years going back to when now Supreme Court Justice and then Bill Montgomery County Attorney was running for re-election. Yep. There was millions of dollars that were spent. Yep. Um, I would guess right now if a poll was taken, Julie would be up by a couple percent, but that's just because every poll in any suburban-dominated area, yeah. which Maricopa County clearly is, yeah. right now is leaning somewhat to the left. Yeah. But that's before any money is spent. That's yeah, before yeah, the Democrats. Yeah. Going back to the importance of my earlier point, no one's defined them yet. Yeah. We're letting them have a free reign. The only people defining the race are the media, and we know what they're going to do with that. Right? I love your that. phrase, the cavalry is coming, so I want people to hold on to that because I don't want them to get dispirited. One thing that's been a little surprising, I want to run by you. A couple minutes left, George. Um, Katie Hobbs refusing to debate Carrie Lake. Um, turns out maybe Katie Hobbs has never debated a, a major opponent um, because she refused to debate her primary opponent as well. But kind of interesting to me to see how much of the media is going after uh, Katie Hobbs. They're not yeah. circling the wagons to defend her. They're the Arizona Republic, et cetera. They're 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 hitting her pretty hard. Uh, surprisingly, day after day, was that surprising to you? And do you think it'll matter? Uh, it, it is surprising. I do think it will matter, and I think it will matter. And and why the media is doing it is because it is a it is it is storied in our country and in our political scene to have debates yep. at a minimum. Even those that don't want to debate have one debate. I yep. mean, literally especially in the general election. In the primary, people can sometimes get away with it. In the general election, not so much. But I'm going to say something that I'm sure some folks will appreciate and some folks may get a chuckle and some folks aren't going to. After I saw, uh, earlier this week, after I saw the performance at the Arizona Chamber Commerce and Industry Forum, where Katie Hobbs went first and Carrie Lake went second, uh, Seth, I'll be very frank, it may do her more harm. It likely will do her more harm to get on the debate stage because... You can clearly tell why she doesn't want to debate Kelly. Yeah. Like, holy smokes. Yeah. I mean, it was night and day. One was articulate. One was strong. One was passionate. One was convicted. And one was essentially regurgitating lines that a consultant told, told her because that audience wanted to hear it. No heart, no conviction. It's clear. It's clear why her consultants are telling her you cannot get on stage with her. And it's not because there's going to be a circus. It's because she cannot hold her own against Carrie Lake. She knows it then the public will know it, and then it's going to go from being a four-, five-, six-point victory to being a, a, a double-digit victory, which it could still end up being, um, because, I mean, I don't think she can hold her own on the debate stage. So uh, it will do her damage, though, to not debate. I mean, it is very clear. Bram Resnick's having a field day, and yep. he's, no, you know, he's no friend of As is Lori Roberts? I mean, they all are. They really all are, aren't they? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of... Uh, it's. It's very odd. The hill that she is dying on and choosing to die on, it's very strange. Mark Kelly and Blake Masters have a debate set up, and Katie Hobbs can't 
find a way to have her team come to a conclusion with the commission, the Clean Elections Commission, to figure the debate out. Yeah. Very strange indeed. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe if the Democrats pushed harder on her to debate Marco Lopez, we'd be facing Marco Lopez as a result of how poorly yeah. she would have shown. Maybe, maybe, maybe. George Kaloff, you are the best, sir. Thank you. Appreciate these Friday visits so much. Appreciate everything you are and you do. All right. Thanks, Seth. You betcha. I'm Seth Liebson. As we go to break, I'll put in a word for my friends at Y-Refi. If you are looking for a remarkable investment, please check out my friends at Y-Refi, investyrefi.com. They're offering a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% for investors, all in a secure, collateralized portfolio. Y-Refi is a due diligence-proof firm with investors doing very well by doing good for others. And you can be a part of that, too. Portions of the Seth Liebson Show are brought to you by my good friends at Y-Refi. If you're looking for a remarkable investment opportunity, we're talking about a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% return for investors, all in a secure, collateralized portfolio. I want you to check out my friends at Y-Refi. It's a due diligence-approved firm run by really great people who are investors that do really well by doing good for others, and you can be a part of that. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, investyrefi.com. Or give them a call at 855-316-3087, 855-316-3087. I want to underscore something George Kaloff said in a previous segment, an interview with him, about the county attorney's race. Uh, Rachel Mitchell is the current county attorney running for election in November against uh, what George said is absolutely right. Uh, Someone who might be even more to the left of the San Francisco, Los Angeles and Chicago and Philadelphia district attorneys. When we talk about not Californiaizing our Arizona, as I said earlier, this is the ground on which that is determined, the DA race or the county attorney's race. We call our county attorneys, uh, we call what other people call district attorneys, we call county attorneys. So when you hear about the DA of Philadelphia, district attorney of Los Angeles, our analog is what we call county attorneys here. Our county attorney is Rachel Mitchell. And uh, she is um, she is committed beyond peradventure to ensuring that we do not become like those other cities, as is her opponent committed that we do and that we do become so. This is the ground on which we will be protecting Arizona or not in this district attorney, this county attorney's race. This is the ground. This is where the serious crime is prosecuted or forgiven. This is where the cops are targeted or given the ability to do their job with the support of the public and their government behind them. Rachel and I were talking on this show late last week, I think it was, and we were talking about her opponent's desire to create an office within the county attorney's office, a department within the county attorney's office dedicated exclusively to going after cops. Within the county attorney, this will not only make it impossible for our county attorney to work with the cops, this will further demoralize the cops. And it's not as if we're at full staff with them now. We do generous benefits 
financially, health, and retirement-wise with our police? Why do we have a deficit? Why do we have a deficit of cops? Why do we have a shortage of cops working our streets? Why are we getting rid of homicide divisions in our police units? Because we can't staff them, despite the generous benefits that those jobs offer, because they're doing it for more than the financial benefits. They're doing it to protect a community, but you can only protect a community if the community has your back as well and supports your mission. Any military man understands or woman understands that the mission will go only so far and be only so successful so long as it makes sense and has the support of the people on whose behalf they are waging that mission or that war. There is a war going on in our streets, but there's a war going on for our minds and our sentiments when it comes to crime and victims as well. Bill Buckley put it that the protection of the individual against the criminal is the first and highest function of government. And the failure of government to provide protection is nothing less than the failure of government. It will be the failure of great cities, too. Phoenix is a great city. San Francisco was a great city. Los Angeles was a great city. Chicago was a great city. Philadelphia was a great city. You can destroy these things. We still are. But the precipice, the precipice is what we're looking at right now with this election. So while I get that there is, and in many respects, rightfully so, so much more attention put on upper ballot races like the governor's race or the Senate race. Don't ignore the county attorney's race. Help Rachel Mitchell out. Vote for her. Speak on behalf of this point and know, most importantly, know what our county attorney's office is about. Talk to your friends about it. And speaking of our Senate race, don't go away. We'll be right back with the great Blake Masters. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. To the Seth Leibson Show, it's a delight to bring back to our airwaves Blake Masters. He is our candidate for Senate, Republican candidate for U.S. Senate. BlakeMasters.com if you want to help him out. Blake, good afternoon. How's it going, sir? Seth, it's going well. Happy to join you as always yeah i'm happy to have you you're such a great and refreshing voice um and you got some other voices uh coming uh to your support as well this week you got a whole slew of new endorsements i think every living republican governor in arizona Ducey, brewer simington are all endorsing we're very you. excited yeah yeah yep, we're very sorry you cut out for a second we're that's very all right excited to be endorsed by the uh border patrol right brandon judd artel Cueto, all those fantastic uh border patrol agents um, and also the the news today was, um, you know, all three living Republican governors of Arizona, Governor Ducey, Governor Brewer, and Governor Fife Symington also endorsed me. So thrilled to to have their support. And um, we're just going to sprint here through the finish line in November. Yeah, this is fantastic news for you and the campaign for all of us, really. Um, what does it say to you and your candidacy and your and your uh, your potential constituents here, Blake? about the Border Patrol Council endorsing you. Talk to us about that issue and what they stand for and what you stand for. You know, I mean, they see eye to eye with me and that we need a secure border. Yeah. I can't believe that that could be a controversial statement here, or a partisan statement. But the Democrats, they don't believe in border security. Mark Kelly, 
he'll make noises. He'll pretend to support the border patrol. He'll pretend to care about border security. Uh, but actions speak louder than words. And as a U.S. senator, Mark Kelly's in D.C. voting for Joe Biden's open borders agenda. You know, he had the chance to hire 20,000 more Border Patrol agents. Mark Kelly voted no. And instead, he chose to hire 87,000 new IRS agents. And so when I talk to Border Patrol agents, when I talk to the Border Patrol Council, they're just so frustrated with Mark Kelly. They see the same TV ads that the rest of us do. Mark Kelly pretends to be tough on border security. But at every moment when they need his help, they reach out, and he's just silent. He just doesn't give them the time of day. He doesn't have their back. And they endorse me because they know I'll be different. They know that I'm deadly serious about securing our southern border, and I will be Border Patrol's biggest ally in the U.S. Senate. That, that's kind of such an interesting and important point uh, that you're making here. Democrats like Mark Kelly, come election time, try to make a little bit of a feint as if they support a stronger sovereign or, or, or solidified border, don't they? Because they know that the American people want a border. They're lying to appease. They're lying about their record to appease what they know is the common sense American um, majority point of view or certainly Arizona majority point of view. It's kind of an interesting thing, isn't it, that they they're afraid of their own record so much that they try and sound like Blake Masters light, isn't it? That's right. You got Mark Kelly in D.C. voting literally like Bernie Sanders, right? But then come election time, he'll get on TV and he's got a lot of money, yep. right? That's his biggest asset. All this money, he can lie about me, he lies about his record. But he's basically on TV right now pretending that he's some kind of moderate Republican. Yeah. And I just, I find it, uh, you know, it's basically just as harmful as Bernie Sanders, but even more dishonest. And that's what really gets to me. It's just dishonest. Mark Kelly promised to be independent. Actually, he's just been voting in lockstep for Joe Biden's failed agenda. So he lied. And I'll tell you what, law enforcement officials, they don't like that. The Border Patrol, they don't like that. Uh, They know I'm going to do everything I can to secure the border. They know Mark Kelly's had his shot. He failed. And that's why the Border Patrol came over and endorsed me. You must be hearing the same things from other law enforcement, domestic law enforcement, that you are hearing from the Border uh, Patrol Council groups. The rising crime, the lack of support from the Democratic Party, in fact, the active um, the active discrimination against law enforcement by the Democratic Party. You must be hearing the same thing, especially as crime is rising in Arizona. That's right. That's right. And you know who doesn't talk about the rising crime in Arizona? Mark Kelly. Yeah. He doesn't. The homicide in Phoenix is up 50%. In my hometown of Tucson, it's up 87% since 2019. Like, this is truly crazy. There is a crime wave in this country and in Arizona that started basically when Joe Biden and Mark Kelly took office here in 2021. And uh, people are suffering for it. But Mark Kelly, you know, he wants to sweep it under the rug, be politically correct. And, um, no, it's not it's not working. I think we need politicians who are honest and and who are going to crack down on crime. When I talk to prosecutors, when I talk to policemen just, you know, at restaurants or when I run into them uh, on the streets and what have you, I always I always say hello and thank them for their service and start a conversation. You know, they will tell you how demoralized they are by the leadership of the left. So much of it coming out of 2020, but so much of it coming out of this progressive uh, set of theories of law enforcement, which is really not about law enforcement so much as protecting defendants more than going after criminals. You're seeing and hearing the same thing, I assume. 
Oh, absolutely. You know, it's the Soros-funded prosecutors, put prosecutor in air quotes, because their whole job, they think, is not to prosecute anybody. That's right. You know, they always, the Democrats, like their constituency, is the criminal class here. They don't care about victims. They don't care about just normal families being able to walk down the street safely. Uh, the modern Democrats, they are uncomfortable with the very idea of police. And remember, a few years ago, they came out with that dumb program, defund the police. Yep. Now they try to hide that. Yep. Right? Now they try to pretend that that never happened. Yep. But no, we saw what they tolerated. Indeed, we saw what they advocated. The violence on the streets in 2020, the mob rule, the BLM and Antifa rioters setting fire to police precincts with no consequences. The modern Democratic Party, ruled by this uh, progressive activist class, they believe in chaos and anarchy. They don't believe in law and order. And it runs through the threat of progressivism. There are organizations that will not endorse Democrats unless they sign off on defunding the police, even when that is not their main objective. I mean, it is part and parcel. It is the heartbeat of the Democratic Party still to go after law enforcement. There, it's, it's, it's unquestionable, and the cops know it. Yep, and Planned Parenthood. Right, who endorsed Katie Hobbs, I was thinking of Planned the Democrat Parenthood, nominee right. for governor in yep. Arizona, yep. and Planned Parenthood endorsed my opponent, Senator Mark Kelly. And to get that Planned Parenthood endorsement, you basically have to pledge publicly or privately that you're anti-police, that you want to defund the police. And again, Mark Kelly was happy to accept Planned Parenthood's uh, endorsement, leaving aside the fact, of course, they and Mark Kelly support unlimited abortion on demand up until the moment of birth which is just so radical and so ghastly, that's out of step with what 90% of Arizonans want. To get that endorsement, you got to be anti-police. So Mark Kelly will try to hide that. He'll try to downplay that. But he's shown his true colors. He does not support uh, our men and women of law enforcement. Blake, I, I, I love asking you this. I love asking every candidate this. What do you? Is it law enforcement? Is it the border? Is it something else? What do you get? Over the past week, most asked about. Over the past week, what is most on voters' minds when they talk to you? Well, I'd say, you know, law and order, yeah. um, issues relating to illegal immigration and crime, those are perennial. But you know what still everybody's talking to me about is this crazy student loan bail. Yeah, yeah. Say a that's, word on I that. I mean, that's still top of mind. I know that was a couple weeks ago, but it's still top of mind to people. And I think it's just because it's so unfair. It's such a perfect stand-in for what the Democrats believe in, right? They don't care how normal people are doing. Uh, they just want to tax the, the working class, tax the middle class to pay to bail out people who have graduate degrees in social studies, uh, you know, fields that don't make any sense. Um, people are still really, really upset about that. It shocked me that the Biden administration, the Democrats, went along with this so close to an election Part of it tells me is they're just trying to jam through everything they can before the red wave of November. That's that's the only explanation I could come up with, because indeed, even even the Democratic think tank types are saying this was not a great idea. Right, Blake? Well, you might be giving them too much credit. Okay. I, think they right. was, yeah, okay. I, I think they thought it was smart. I think okay. they thought, oh, we can just buy some more votes. You know, they, they, they know they failed. They know that Americans are pissed off about the wide open border and all the fentanyl coming through and the lack of law and order and the double digit inflation. So I think the Democrats thought, hey, we're in trouble, right? Why don't we just try to get young people to vote by bailing out some student loans? Um, maybe they just didn't predict the huge backlash. I wouldn't put that past them. 
Blake Masters, I know how busy you are today, sir. I want to thank you for joining us. Folks, you can help this candidate out, this great next senator from United uh, from Arizona, blakemasters.com. When he gets to the Senate, he's going to be he's going to be one of 100 to be sure, but he's going to be one of the 100 that you're going to hear a lot from and the rest of the country is going to hear a lot from too, and we're going to be proud to have him representing Arizona and sitting in the United States Senate. blakemasters.com. Blake, go get him, sir. Will do. Absolutely. Thank you, Seth. You betcha. We'll talk soon. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Come back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Midas Gold Group, the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. If you're like me, tired of seeing these rising prices and the expense of life, know that in failing and falling economies, the good news is that gold and other precious metals typically retain their value, and there is no better place to ask about or buy precious metals than the Midas Gold Group. I own precious metals from the Midas Gold Group. Seb Gorka does. Thousands of you do as well. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Or give them a call at 480 480- Three six zero three thousand. That's four eight zero three six zero three thousand to discuss with them how owning gold or other precious metals will be good for, might be good for, uh, will be good for, could be good for your individual investment, retirement, and uh, savings needs. Um, interesting thing, Blake was talking about. Blake Masters was talking about with so many people asking him about. Um, their frustration with the college loan bailout. Um, it is an interesting marker. He and I may, <laughs> he and I may, uh, uh, may disagree about you know what the Democrats' thinking was in, in pushing it through. That's the irrelevant thing. They are pushing it through. They have pushed it through. It is uh, part and parcel of an ongoing um, march of wealth transfer and getting the working class in America to bail out the elites, um, financially bail out the elites. That's exactly what it is. The majority of Americans do not have college degrees. I'm going to guess on a going forward basis, more and more Americans are not going to go to college for a lot of reasons. But don't ignore why you th- why the Democrats want to make going to college affordable on the backs of others. Same reason they want teachers in education schools, same reason they want everyone to go through these institutions of Marxist teaching. That's what they want. That's what colleges and universities have become, grad schools as well. That's exactly what they want. And they want the people, common sense people, they want the average American worker, the struggling American worker, to pay for it. Hell of a revolution, that. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The 
explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.